G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. One day, we'll all be at the end of our days here on this earth. I will, you will, and when that time comes, when there's just a handful of tomorrows left for you on planet earth, when you look back on the race that you've run over a lifetime, what will you see? What will you feel? And welcome again to a different perspective as we grapple with those questions because how you answer them should impact the way you live out the rest of your days. I was just sitting the other day with a man who was in the last few weeks of his life here on earth, an older man living on his own. He'd been through cancer just a few years earlier and he had a major operation and now now it was back and it was pretty clear to him that he didn't have long to live on this earth. He put his faith in Jesus Christ, so he knew he had an eternal future ahead of him. And I was sitting talking to him. He he was in his favourite armchair in the corner of his lounge room, and I was sitting across the room on a dining chair. My eyes wandered down to his feet, which were clad in soft brown slippers. The slippers, though, both had holes in the toes, and immediately I thought, he needs new slippers, maybe I could... But the last thing on this earth that he needed was a new pair of slippers. The ones he had would do just fine for the next few days or weeks. It was a sobering thought. And as I left and I was driving away in the car, I thought, wow, when I'm at that point in my life where I don't need new slippers anymore, and I look back on the life that I've lived, what will I think? How will I feel as I consider the race that I've run? Now that's something worth thinking about. Can I ask you something? When you don't need a new pair of slippers anymore and you look back on the life that you've lived, at least what you know of it to date, how will you feel? Will it be a sense of real satisfaction at a race well run or will there be regrets, missed opportunities? If only, if only I'd done this or that. If only I'd followed God's prompting that day to help that person. If only I'd done more and lived life fuller. If only. Wouldn't that be a tragedy? I mean, a complete and utter tragedy. And I come back today as we finish off this, this two-week, ten-part series called Running the Race and Winning the Prize to where we started, what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Don't you know that in a race the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I don't run aimlessly. I don't box as though I'm beating the air, but I punish my body. I enslave it so that after proclaiming to others, I myself should not be disqualified. Question for each one of us is, am I running the race that in my heart of hearts, I really want to be running? The one I know I should be running, the one I was made to run. They're the questions we need to be asking ourselves right now, because when we get to the end, we won't be able to change the race we've run. My passion in my life is to run my race, the one that God's made me for, the one he planned for me before time began, 
to the absolute full, not missing out on any of it. My race is going to be totally different from yours, and that's a good thing too. I'm made for mine, you're made for yours. I'm focused on, on living out my life and enjoying it along the way with all its ups and downs. It's an interesting thing. The, the Apostle Paul, when he was getting to the end of his days, he actually wrote another letter to his young protege, Timothy, giving him this very advice. Have a listen. It's in 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning at verse 6. Paul writes, As for me, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. What a deep sense of satisfaction. I have fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. And that libation thing, what's that all about? Well, it's a figure of speech. It's used of someone whose blood is about to be poured out in a violent death for the cause of God. See, this guy, Paul, is about to be executed. And not even that can take away his deep sense of satisfaction looking back on his race. And what a race it was. People tried to kill him. They rioted against him. They criticised him. They locked him up. They beat him. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by poisonous snakes. He spent years on death row. Why? Because he followed the call of God on his life. He left his secure, cushy job as a religious leader in Jerusalem for an uncertain life of following Jesus. Listen again to the deep sense of satisfaction in his voice. I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. I want that. He's looking forward to a wonderful future. He's looking back on a wonderful life. A life of warts and all. And the context in which he's doing this is he's sharing this with his young protege, Timothy, and giving him some advice, advice that Timothy needs now to have that sort of feeling at the end. Have a listen to the advice that Paul actually gives Timothy in the preceding few verses. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message, be persistent whether the time is favourable or unfavourable. Convince, rebuke, encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, carry out your ministry in full. Timothy was a young minister following in the Apostle Paul's footsteps. Paul is giving him the benefit of a wisdom that comes from having run the race and kept the faith, followed God's call on his life. And what's he saying to Timothy? He's urging him on. I solemnly urge you, run the race that's set before you. Do what God's called you to do. Be persistent, whether the time's favourable or not, whether you feel like it or not, do it and live it and go for it, no matter what the cost. I don't know about you, but when I'm sitting in that lounge chair, wearing slippers that need replacing, but knowing that I have no such need anymore, I don't want to be thinking, oh man, if only I'd followed Paul's advice. If only I'd listened. No, I want to be able to be thinking exactly what Paul was thinking. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. 
I've kept the faith. And now, now I'm looking forward to the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. How about you? It's so easy to live for here and now. This short-termism driven by our voracious consumerism and consumptionism, trying to fill our bellies, trying to be full, but never really having the satisfaction and the contentment that come from pouring our lives out for others, for God's glory. Me, I sit here in this dull, grey little radio studio, and the passion of my heart is to shine light into your life. It's what makes me tick. That's the race that God's called me to. It's hard some days. There are sacrifices, but it's a delight and a joy that I simply can't put into words. You, you have skills and gifts and abilities that I can only dream of, things I could never do. You are a person that I simply could never be, and he has a race for you to run. It'll be hard some days. There'll be sacrifices, but it'll involve a delight and a joy that I know you simply will not be able to put into words. I solemnly urge you, run your race. Run toward the prize. Have you noticed just how many people seem to be spending so much of their time and energy talking about, asserting their own rights? How prideful and selfish it's all become? What this world truly needs is a good dose of simple, old-fashioned humility. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet, The Incredible Power of Your Humility in a Prideful World. Make no mistake, the Word of God is alive and active, so I'm praying that through this booklet, He'll help you pour the healing love of Jesus out into a world that seems intent on tearing itself apart. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. But this is the very last week that it'll be available, so don't miss out. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time on Monday with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.